Good evening and welcome to this continued open hearing of the Northborough Community Preservation Committee. I'm John Campbell, Chairman, and I'm going to read the introduction. This open meeting of Northborough Open Space Committee is being conducted remotely pursuant with Chapter 20 of Acts of 2021, an act relative to extending certain COVID-19 measures adopted during the state of emergency. Signed into law on June 16, 2021, this meeting will be conducted by a remote participation. No in-person attendance by members of the public will be permitted at this time at this meeting. In order to mitigate the transmission of the COVID-19 virus, the town of Northborough has advised and directed by the Commonwealth to suspend public gatherings. And as such, the governor's order suspends the requirement of the open meeting law to have all meetings in a publicly accessible physical location. All members of the Northborough Community Preservation Committee are allowed and encouraged to participate remotely. This order allows the Northborough CPC to meet entirely remotely so long as reasonable public access is afforded so that the public can follow along with the deliberations of the meeting. The public is encouraged to follow along using the posted agenda. Members of the public who wish to view the live stream of this meeting may do so by going to Northborough Remote Meetings on YouTube. Ensuring public access does not ensure public participation unless such participation is required by law. In this case, this is an open meeting, an open hearing, and public participation is allowed. And if you are watching and uh, are a member of the public uh, and you're able to log in through the agenda, uh, you will be entered. Otherwise, uh, we've invited all of the application authors back to the meeting. This is the second round of open hearing. And I welcome you all, welcome um, meeting attendees. When I call your name, could you acknowledge that you are here? Andy Dowd. Present. Andy Clark. Present. Leslie Harrison. Here. Jeff Leland. Here. Todd Helwig. Here. Millie Milton. Here. Hello, Millie. And I'm John Campbell, as I said earlier. We have the required quorum and we can now continue. So um, first three, two sections of the agenda, uh, I'm going to uh, remind everyone about our available reserves and available revenue for the uh, fiscal 23 CPA applications. Uh, I'm going to also go over um, the criteria for evaluating those applications that we've historically used and uh, talk about one new criteria that I want to bring up. Um, bear with me a moment. I'm going to try to uh, share my screen. Okay, quickly, uh, I wanted to review and also post for anyone watching the update from our town accountant, Jason Little. 
Uh, this is a nice presentation on how the CPA funds work each year. Um, I'll go through it briefly. Uh, the town of Northboro received a 39.42% match from the state on our fiscal 21 CPA related revenues that came in on November 16th. Uh, that is factored into our budget, if you will, for this session. Uh, you should know that the state also released additional reserves, I should call it, into the general community preservation fund and awarded each town more uh, matching. Uh, in Northboro, it raised it to about 43%. I think that was about $29,000 more. That is not necessarily factored into our budget this year, but will be part of our reserves going forward. So that's good news. Uh, this spreadsheet is very busy, but the bottom lines are great. I want to point out we have now received a total of 2.8 million in state match over the history of CPA in Northborough. Very good thing. Um, for this current year, Jason has instructed us that based on the conservative estimated revenue for fiscal 23 and estimated state match, we expect 750,000 of revenue available for fiscal 23 CPA. Of that 750,000, as a reminder, we have a minimum requirement to award 10% to projects in each of the three core categories, affordable housing, historical preservation, and open space and recreation. We also are able to allocate up to 5% of that 750,000 to the administrative account, which we tend to do traditionally so that we have it available for items such as appraisals, studies that might come about that are necessary to consider applications or future projects. If we don't use that administrative account, it goes back in the reserve. Uh, these are the spreadsheets that show year over year from 2018, how our uh, revenue is accounted for, how our projects deduct from that and how our reserves accumulate. It is confusing. I'm gonna to go to the bottom line where the total of our fund balances at 784,334 plus our estimated revenue for fiscal 23 gives us a total available of $1,534,334. That's the important number to remember. Reminders of the things I just spoke about, about our minimum requirements. And on top of that, uh, we have debt service for the Whitecliffs program that we are still involved in. I think we're in year four or five. In fact, here it is. Uh, this would be year five of payments. Whoops. And uh, that shows in red what our obligation is going to be this year. So we create a warrant article each year to account for this until this bond is paid off.
Any committee members, any uh, comment or questions on that before we go to the next slide? Hearing none, bring you to more good news. Okay, um, this is a working spreadsheet that I created similar to what we did last year since we're not meeting in person. And uh, it's an easy way for us to keep track and tally when we get to the point of voting on our recommendations. Uh, but this is an accurate list at the top of the revenue that we just heard about. Uh, and, and our other reserves that are broken down, there's 813 in an open space account reserve, which is old money that we you know, have had just sitting in there. Uh, in the affordable housing reserve, there's 127.863. That is from the last two uh, town meeting votes for the minimum 10%, since there were no active affordable housing projects. Column F is the uh, historic Reserve of 5,821. Column G is the unreserved account or our, our so-called reserves of 649,837, bringing us to the total of 1,534,000. On the left-hand side is all of the project applications we have and the dollar amounts requested or required. Top one is... Uh, the White Cliffs Bond we just spoke about, 185.8. The next is the admin fund, 5% of our budget at 37,500. And then moving down Brigham Street Burial Ground, Kaiser Cemetery Signs. And I've paraphrased the titles, by the way, but Historical Society Building Shutters, Assabit Park Fencing, Dog Park Design Study. Senior Center, ADA Accessible Trail Design, Aqueduct Walkway Design, Conservation Fund. I've also listed the Conservation Fund balance that's available, uh, that's currently there as of fourth quarter 2021. I, that may change slightly from any interest that came in. Uh, the Senior Affordable Housing Project, and the Northboro Affordable Housing Corporation funds that could be contributed to that project, I chose to show it as a negative number that would give a net, uh, the net amount uh, needed for the project. If these numbers hold, we're gonna talk about that a little more in a minute. And if all these projects were funded as shown, we would need 1,855,000. We don't currently have that. We have a million five thirty-four. So, one of our challenges will be to figure out how to do that. We'll bring this screen up later. So, before we um, get into the second presentations from our applicants, I wanted to remind them and our committee and viewers of our typical criteria. This is not necessarily in the bylaw for our committee, but our customary 
method of how we um, evaluate each application. Uh, and I may have missed some, but briefly, we're looking first to see if it's even eligible for CPA funding. And having said that, I'm going to briefly share the screen that should be on the screen now. This is the, you know, a, a short version of the chart provided uh, under the law and also by the Community Preservation Coalition. It tells us uh, what we can do in each category. On the left-hand column, you see that the main types of projects, acquiring, creating something, preserving something, supporting or rehabbing or restoring something. And in each case, uh, you can see where that's allowed and where that's not allowed. Some of it's obvious. We cannot uh, rehabilitate open space, but we can preserve it. In the case of housing, uh, we can not rehabilitate or restore it unless it was previously acquired with CPA funds. Same case in open space. This is available uh, at communitypreservation.org. That is the uh, coalition that is a guide to all towns that have CPA. So our next criteria uh, typically is level of community support. Um, how is this seen in the community? Does it meet uh, any other uh, plans and goals that have been out there? Um, what kinds of uh, community support feedback have we gotten or have the applicants brought forward? Uh, the next item is uh, urgency. What I mean by that is um, how necessary is this project to fund in this cycle compared to others if a, if a decision must be made? Uh, what factors make it urgent? Are there other grants that are contingent on approving a project or grants that are available only this year, not necessarily in a future year? Uh, is, is something damaged or broken that needs to be fixed quickly, uh, let's say in a park or a field or a building? Things such as that compared to some projects that we might say, hey, this really um, could wait if we were pinched for money. And then affordability, again, kind of the same thing, uh, kind of related to our current budget. You know, is it affordable in the budget we have? Um, can we make the numbers work? If it's uh, a much, much bigger number, are we gonna consider borrowing against CPA as we did with some projects such as White Cliffs and uh, the Green Street land parcel before it. So that's consideration. If I'm missing something that we typically use, please speak up, any members. But I did wanna uh, bring up that I believe, um, although we're kind of doing it when we consider projects that apply to, for instance, the open space plan, uh, for instance, uh, previous housing study, things such as that. Now we have a master plan approved by the town and we're in the process of, of planning for implementation. There's a master plan imp implementation committee uh, that's ongoing. Millie is part of it. Uh, I am part of it as well. Um, so it's important, I think, and it helps 
if we look at, do these projects check any boxes on the main goals of the master plan? And many of our applications this year do, so that's good. So with that, uh, any questions, comments by members? If not, I'll uh, introduce our first of the applicants to start over. Very well. Um, well, we're going down the agenda as it currently reads at the moment. The first three projects are in the historic category. Uh, the first two are in the Brigham Street Barrow Ground and the Howard Cemetery. Uh, previously, um, we heard from Norm Corbin, uh, the Historic District Commission, and uh, if he is available and is coming on for any other contribution, I welcome him in. Hello. Can everybody hear me? Hello, Norm. Can I get my... Can you know. There we are. Okay. So John, at the last meeting, uh, we didn't have any action steps for the, the two proposals that we have in. So I guess I'm, I'm looking to see what might additional questions you might have, or if you need some clarifications on, on uh, the two proposals that we have in, one for the uh, cemetery sign on uh, the Kaiser section and the other one being uh, work done on the Brigham Street uh, Cemetery of Brigham Street. Well, uh, I'll start by just uh, reviewing a little bit from memory and my notes on what we discussed when you presented on, uh, on the 6th. And um, one thing had to do with the number of trees. Uh, you know, that was a, a major part of the expense. Uh, was it necessary for all those trees? Uh, was, the, was the costing valid? Um, was this something that the town of Northboro DPW was able to accomplish under their own budget or not? I believe um, the DPW director commented that it would take his team uh, 10 times longer than a, a tree company. Um, not particularly practical to do that. I believe you said that about half of it, the, of the value of the project was the tree removal and that the other half was the fencing. Is that about right, Norm? That's, that's what I remember. It's, that's kind of a breakdown. Would you mind uh, describing again briefly the vision of what you, what you think it would look like? How would it enhance the site for anyone that wasn't at the last meeting? Sure. So we'll start with the Brigham Street. Um, well, the real issue right now with Brigham Street and why, why we're bringing it to, to the board this year is because of all the dead trees. Uh, I don't know what it was an infestation or what, but there's like 20 to 30 dead trees and they're a hazard at this point. Um, so the driver for that was to remove those trees and get them so that the, they don't damage the few gravestones that are left and they're not a hazard for anybody on the site. Um, so while we're at it, we also propose that we would also uh, fence off the area with a, uh, it was, it's not a, like a picket fence or anything. It, it's essentially a, a granite post with a black chain running between the posts, which is very consistent with the design used at the, um, the common. Only the common has uh, boards between this post. We would uh, take a, another option, which is just a black chain. 
But again, the real driver for bringing it this year, because it's always been on our list, but the driver this year is, is all the dead trees. And the DPW could do it, but they, they don't have the funding to do that level of tree removal at this point. And, you know, if you go back, if you want to go back to the um, master plan, the, the master plan is, uh, brought it up real quick. Let me see if I can find it on my, uh, my thing here. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at the master plan now. So one of the goals for, for us in the master plan was to maintain and expand the protection of North Coast historic resources including buildings, structures, landscapes, documents. So this would come under landscapes. We're trying, to, we're trying to protect that landscape from damage from the trees. And the other reason for putting in the fencing is to protect it from people, to protect it, the people realize that it's a burial ground and it's, it's something that needs to be respected and not, not really used for uh, disposal of leaves and other things. Um. What's the level of confidence in the budget to handle the, the complete removal and cleanup? Um, sometimes that can be a factor with whomever company you use and also the fencing. Uh, do you think you're covered? Yeah, uh, Scott, Scott pulled it all together for us and uh, he's usually very thorough with this. I feel comfortable that we can handle that budget and get this project done. I see Scott on, uh, I think I allowed him to talk. Um, I'm not sure I did that right. Uh, you did, Mr. Chairman. Thank you for uh, inviting okay. me in. So uh, we annually procure our tree contractor services competitively in accordance with uh, mass procurement law. Um, the tree contractor we have was um, procured. He's a licensed arborist. I'm a certified tree warden. Him and I did walk the property um, observed all the trees. As Norm indicated, there is a, a substantial amount of uh, dead standing wood, um, a lot of oak. There's actually a hemlock, uh, in, uh, hemlock fungal infestation that's taken over a lot of the evergreen trees. Yes, it was for 20 trees to be removed, but it's not based on a per tree. It's based on a daily budget, um, which is in accordance with our current contract with our, uh, our tree contractor. Um, generally, trees the tree removal is on a prevailing wage between eight and $10,000 a day. That covers a bucket truck, a chip, a chipper and a chip box, a chip box and a log truck um, and the appropriate uh, personnel to, to man that equipment. Uh, so what we have estimated as a hard cost for, two, for 2021 is $35,200 in the budget. Uh, we added 5% escalation to next fiscal year. Uh, which was 1760 and then another 10% contingency to get us to that $45,000 number you see. Uh, that's for the tree removal. Regarding the fencing or the, the surround, I guess, we secured uh, two quotes from um, fence contractors that are experienced in uh, municipal work, i.e. They're, they're comfortable with prevailing wage rates. And the number you see of $65,000 it lies on the higher of the two estimates, uh, just to be conservative. The, um, the, the objective of putting the 
the chain in between the grain of posts as opposed to the uh, cedar rails you see the town common was for cost savings. Uh, cedar rails have a certain limitation relevant to the spacing. Uh, chains can go quite a bit further. So the fewer posts, the less money. Um, so th these numbers are based on actual costs. Uh, I estimated the cost to Loman Seed at $10,000. And then because of the value of the work, we need to put a procurement package on the street to publicly, publicly procure these services. And I carried $15,000 for that. Thanks, Scott. <laughs> You're welcome, Norm. Briefly, I think. <laughs> I, I, I see uh, parking area gravel too in the budget I didn't notice before. So is there a carving out a place that you'd be able to pull into where I, I don't know that that's there now or not, but that's a nice touch. It, it's, it's more of a, um, a pull off. When you pull off near where the, uh, the historic sign is set, it's muddy and and rutted and it's not a very appropriate location to pull over. So this will just kind of kind of clean that up, dig it out, pack it down so that it drains properly and it's a little little safer. It's not an official parking lot. Um, that would require uh, accessibility improvements. This is more of a, a spot to turn off, roll the window down and look. Fair enough. Uh, any members with Further questions for Norm or Scott? I have a question, John. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Hey, uh, Scott, Sean Durkin here. When when you do the trees, are you going to pull the stumps out, or is there any? Will there be any damage with the vehicles if there are indeed graves there? I don't know if all the graves have completely disintegrated or not. Are there, I don't I don't quite understand how they would work. Is machinery all right to drive over the cemetery, I guess is what I'm asking. Yeah, we GPR the entire parcel. So we're, we're aware yeah. of where the burials are. Um, the, the stumps would be ground. I don't propose pulling the stumps. Um, yeah. That could be a, a, a catastrophic mess. Um, yeah. And the contractors accustomed to working in you know, lawn areas. We've had them do that before. So they have adequate sheeting in the event that it was a requirement to, to spread loads. Plus they have a 75 foot elevator bucket um, so they can get a pretty good pretty good reach with that okay thank you welcome sean good point anyone else um uh, norm i believe when we gave your first presentation you listed this as as the historical committee's like number one priority yeah yes we did uh we didn't vote on it but it is our number one because of the trees and the damage they could do and the safety issues. Very good. Um, Norm, you wanna move right on to the signage project? Yes. Um, over the years, we've been, uh, over the last few years, we had put some, uh, signage for this uh, different parts of the cemeteries that we have in town there were no there were no markings at all before so we've put up uh in the past we put up signage at the brigham street burial ground so people know that it's a burial ground we put up a uh, signage for the um howard street burial ground and that's the oldest section right behind the unitarian church and we also put one up 
for the old part of what's called, of what's the um, Howard Street Cemetery. We put that up by the, by the pillars, the granite pillars for that. Um, but what's missing is the active part of the cemetery, the part that's the newest section, and uh, there was no signage at all for it. And uh, with uh, Scott, I participated in their recent cemetery commission meeting and two people on, on the committee really emphasized that it's a problem if you cannot find those. They usually drive by the access road before they realize that they, they've driven by it. So it should have some signage. Um, so why would the historic district commission be involved with a new cemetery? It actually was purchased in 1965. The land was purchased from the Kaiser family by the town in 1965. So it's over 50 years old. So we can, so we're using that angle to say, look, why don't we get some signage up there? And uh, so that was our strategy. The sign's gonna look like very similar to the ones that we've already installed. Um, and they came out really, they came out really nice and they're, they're actually a practical solution. Norm, will these signs, you envision these being uh, similar to the one at the old cemetery uh, was a kind of a black uh, background on a black post or is it mounted differently? I don't know if you thought that through yet. Yeah, we have. Uh, we looked at a couple of options and we'd like to just duplicate the, the signage that we currently have for all three previously installed signs. So it's a post with a sign that you can read from both sides. So as you're approaching, as you're approaching the entry, you can clearly see it. That's great. Those are really good quality. Yeah, they, they, they come out really good. And we have a good vendor for that. <laughs> yes, we do. Any questions on the Kaiser sign application members? All right, uh, hearing none, um, you're off the hook, Norm. All righty. Will you be going over the budget later today? I'm wondering if I should swing back in and listen to the latter part. Or is that you're, something for another meeting? You're welcome meeting? to, depending upon uh, how quickly we get through the presentations. Uh, we are going to try not to go too far over 9 o'clock again. Um, but uh, right, well, I'll, I'll take a peek. I can always watch the video yeah. anyway. We almost certainly will come back to the budget. Thank you for uh, inviting me. <laughs> Have a good evening. As always, thank you, sir. Bye-bye. Hi, Norm. Bye-bye. Hi, Norm. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, next up on the agenda is also an historical project, the Historical Society Building Shutter Restoration. It's my understanding that the applicants are coming back to pitch us on the shutters again. Um, and I'm looking for, see if anybody <clears throat> wants to come in. I see Michael. John. Yes, Andy. Um, so there was some question before we get into this presentation from Scott, I believe that whether this was even a, whether this was a public entity project or a uh, private entity project, was that ever resolved? Yes. <clears throat> through, through, through the chair, we, we reached out to, um, we, we discussed it internally amongst our uh, procurement officers. Um, there was still some question. We reached out to the uh, attorney general's office and um, uh, the attorney general's office confirmed that it is not 
a public entity project. Uh, it does not have to comply with procurement law, nor uh, does the um, uh, uh, workers have to be paid prevailing wages. So uh, all good news on the applicant side, as well as uh, CPC. Thank you. You're welcome. Hello, Mr. Chairman. I'm uh, Mike Duchano. Hey, Mike. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I, if, if it's okay with you, I can bring up the application. Um, we can look, talk about this if there's any questions. So, yes. Okay. Um, I think you have the ability to share, or right, our host yep. will do so. Can you see that? Yes. Okay. So this is a this is from the application. This is the uh, this is a picture that we obtained from our archives of the building uh, with the steeple. So it's pre nineteen thirty eight hurricane, but this is the goal that we're trying to achieve. You can see the shutters are all shown here on this picture. Um, pretty much. Uh, across Main Street looking that would I think that would be uh, School Street to the right there and uh, so that that's the that's the goal of which we're trying to uh, restore the building back to and we went through a process of looking for this is current the current a current picture uh, of the building minus the steeple uh, in roughly the same location uh, obviously, no no shutters are present there, except the ones in the front that are shown here are, have been removed from for the painting that's done. They were not replaced. Um, so, uh, the contractor that we selected is uh, New England Shutter Mills, and this is I've attached the uh, the estimate um, provided as the basis of our request for our application request. And, uh, you know, it, it, it goes through shutter by shutter, the cost. And one of the things that impressed us with New England shutter mills is their ability to uh, manufacture or mill the, the wood themselves um, to our specifications and, and to the specifications shown in that picture. Um, and then to uh, paint paint the, the shutters and then to install them and then to provide um, 20 year warranty on the on the painting and also uh, I think it's a 30 year warranty on the shutters themselves. He also uh, this contractor uh, also includes hardware on on uh, on their estimate as well. So it's a it's a turnkey. Uh, one-stop shop process with him and we found no other contractor that we looked for uh, that could do this kind of work um, and do all and provide us with all of those aspects that we're looking for. Uh, I've included some literature and information from New England Shutter Mill on the on the um, in our application as well and I might point out also that in their uh, qualifications that they actually talk about um, doing architectural restoration uh, shutter work as well. So this kind of work is not 
unfamiliar uh, to them. Um, I'm also scanning through here. We have uh, the letter of support from the Northboro Historic District Commission from Norm Corman himself that was just on. Um, uh, and also, uh, finally, uh, just, uh, just a listing here of some of the uh, vendors that we reached out to to try to uh, um, provide some competitive quotes. And uh, for the most part, nobody could match the New England shutter mills. So they're, they're, they're a number one uh, vendor or contractor for this. Um, I just included the property deed as required. And uh, I guess it, it's worth kind of scanning through a few of the pictures. We are, uh, the building is registered, National Historic uh, Places. Um, some of this stuff is, uh, I think, things you've seen, but I, I point this out only because I think it will enhance that section of Main Street, which is uh, got several historic buildings located across the street and adjacent to. And so one of the goals we're trying to achieve here is to uh, restore the building back to some, not only just architectural uh, condition, but also increase the aesthetic value of this area. And I think the shutters will, will, will go a long way to do that. Um, I also included here some of the uh, pictures of uh, the, the, the state of the shutters that we removed from the front of the building. They're in quite bad disrepair. The, uh, the, the vendor that we're, uh, um, we're working with here inspected them, looked them over and agreed that there really, it was not gonna be worth trying to restore or salvage this stuff. But, and also these are, these are made out of pine. The, uh, the new shutters that will be constructed will be made out of, out of red cedar, which is a much better weathering capability. Um, so there's that to consider as well. Just some close-ups here of some of the uh, poor quality of the shutters that, uh, that were removed. Um, that's pretty much it. Uh, any questions, would be happy to, uh, to address them. Very good. Floor is open for any members that have questions for Mike. Mike, I, I have some questions. I should probably know this, but you're only showing two sides of the historical society building. Is, are those the only two sides that have windows? No, no, no. Let me, uh, let me bring that picture back up. Maybe we can discuss a little better. Uh, so <clears throat> the, this, these are, this is the, the side facing where my, my little hand guy is here. The side facing uh, School Street. This is the side facing Main Street. The opposite of the School Street side will look exactly the same. And then the rear of the building will is it's not the same as these. These are arched shutters and arched windows. It doesn't have um, the same windows in the back. Obviously, they're more like the shutters, uh, windows, and shutters that look that are shown here uh, on the side. So all I guess to answer your question. All four uh, building sides will involve shutter restoration. So the um, side facing school street, those are each one of those windows on the top are really two. That's 
Yeah. Two pairs of shutters or is that one pair of shutters? Well, yeah, that, that's where it gets a little complicated. Um, these are basically four shutters. There's two shutters on the yeah. bottom and then mm -hmm. two on the top. Now, the, <clears throat> the picture you're seeing here, I think these top shutters were fixed um, and the bottom shutters actually moved, opened and closed. And we're, we're not gonna probably go with the fixed look. We'll probably have the shutters uh, similar to the ones on the bottom, so all the windows are open. I believe they this was done to allow ventilation into the building and uh, prevent um, you know, uh, uh, rain and snow from getting in. Okay. So basically like on that side, there'd be nine pairs of shutters if, if I do the math right. Um, well, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11. Well, see the bottom ones are two shutters. Those swing, they're like two Double. shutters yeah. fused okay. together. So even though it looks like one shutter, it's a big double shutter, I guess you could call it. Yeah. And those in this in this picture, those actually swung, opened and closed. But we're going to have to probably make some adjustments, and more than likely, um, just keep those um, fixed. I was just the only reason I was asking is that this is for um, approximately thirty pairs of Louvre shutters. So I was just trying to figure out where. Yeah. That was coming from. Yep, I understand. Your good question. Uh, the the actual number that it's quoted is is I believe thirty three, and okay. um, the contractor has broken that down. It, I've asked him to actually break it down like shutter by shutter. To him, this bottom bottom shutter, for example, is is actually one shutter, but for me, it's priced out as a double shutter. So there's mm -hmm. two shutters there. So he, he went through and looked at this and he came up with 50, 53, I believe, um, individual shutters. Even though the quote says 33, um, they're, um, they're actually more than 33 because they're, some of them are combined as doubles and, and the ones on the top here are like, that would be four shutters, if you will. Right, two pair. Yeah. But melded. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It, it yep. is a little, a little confusing because I, I was also a little confused. But I think we've covered all the shutters here. Yeah, that's uh, what I was wondering. Estimate. Yeah. No, I think okay. all of the shutters are co are covered. Um, and um, even though the thirty three number. Uh, you know, there's, there's more than 33 shutters here, but when he has to install them, for example, this bottom one here would be one shutter, yet he has to construct it as, you know, two, he has to account for it as two shutters. Yeah, sure. <coughs> Anyone so, else? Sorry, did I interrupt someone? No, uh, I was just going to say I just got a text from the contractor. Um, he <laughs> unfortunately can't. He couldn't get on for some reason, uh, and um, he said in his text uh, there were fifteen on that side. And let's see what he says here. Uh, uh, 
three inch doubles and 12 singles or three, three doubles, I'm sorry, and 12 singles. That's how he gets the 15. So these must in the bottom must be the doubles and the 12 on the top must be the singles that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. So again, the, 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 I think this contractor and, you know, a lot of the folks from um, the Historic Society were, we met on site with the contractor, um, Alan Phelps. I don't know if you are familiar who Alan Phelps is. He was, he's on the, he's in the Historic Society. He, he's done a lot of uh, wooden milling work in town. He was there and, and we all felt that um, the New England shutter mills um, can do this work. They, you know, just, they, they came, they looked at it, they understand what needs to be done. I think they have the capability um, to uh, provide what we're looking for here. I like the fact that, that they can install it um, as well. And they, um, so it's not just, you know, sending us a big box of shutters and then we have to figure out how to get it installed. They, they actually um, make them and then install them and then warranty the work. So that, I mean, that, to us, that was a big plus. And, you know, because these are all custom, the windows are all, you know, they're big windows. Some of them are, are really long. There's an arch in the front. Um, we felt also that somebody who can make them to our spec, they're going to go out and measure them. Um, if we're successful in doing this, they'll measure them, take, take detailed measurements. And then after they've uh, created the, the drawings, um, uh, do the actual um, milling and construction. So they, they, they own every aspect of the, they'll own pretty much every aspect of this project as far as shutters go. And again, that was a big, another big draw for us. Hmm. So I, I think the thing is, you know, as I said before, I, I'd like to emphasize it that I think it would really provide uh, improvement and uh, a nice look to that area of town on Main Street, which is a, a pretty busy drive putting the shutters, having them painted, restored, <clears throat> really make that building jump um, and add to the aesthetic value of that section of, that historic section of Northborough. Mike, I was gonna ask if you're confident of the quote in the budget, you got the contractor uh, listening in, so I assume he's standing behind it. And I-, I have I every confidence. Yeah, good. I just read uh, the detail. I, I didn't see it well before, but their quotation is 48,278. Mm -hmm. And you've, you've both rounded it up and included a contingency to, to arrive at the 55. Yes. So that sounds like you got a, a buffer. Yeah, we did, I did, we did do that. And it seemed appropriate, um, you know, given that, um, some of the uh, we could run into some issues associated with the uh, you know with the fastening on the windows and that kind of thing. So uh, we just thought it would be appropriate to put in a, a ten percent in that range. Yeah, seems Obviously, like if we don't, if we don't need practice. it. If we don't need it, um, you know, we don't use it. Very well, and just to clarify. 
mm -hmm. for the committee and for any listeners, uh, if a project is under budget, the remainder is, you know, is, is not, not sent to you, remains with the town and ends up Correct. going back into the reserves. Yep. Understood. Very thorough application. I commend you for that. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Other member questions? Okay, hearing none, um, very good summary. Thanks for yep. clarifying thank a few things. Um, thank you. I like the way it, it looks. Yeah, I, we're looking forward. We're very excited uh, in the society to, uh, to enhance the, uh, the building. Uh, and we look forward to uh, possibly getting this thing uh, back to the pre-1938 hurricane disaster look. That's funny. Very good. Um, okay. We will uh, reach out if anything else comes up. Otherwise, okay. uh, we'll give this consideration later in the meeting and, and or at the next meeting. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. And thank you, uh, committee members. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you Mike. Thanks, Mike. Yep. All right. Keeping things moving. Um, it is uh, almost eight o'clock and uh, next up on our agenda is Assabet Park Fencing. This is a recreation sponsored request. Uh, was presented by Allie and Scott previously. Any, um, any new information to come forward and any questions from committee members? Speak up. Uh, Mr. Chairman, Allie is unavailable uh, this evening. I'm here to answer questions you may have. Uh, as previously discussed, we have a little over $2,100 remaining in the, uh, in the appropriation from the original uh, two appropriations for the Assabet Park Playground reconstruction. Um, and the request of $20,000 for the fencing uh, is based on a quote from the contractor. The quote was $16,700. Um, as with all CPC funded projects, any uh, uh, surplus funds would be returned to the CPC. Um, but we did include a contingency in the event additional posts were found to have to be removed and replaced uh, during the, uh, the cleaning and preparation process. Members, questions for Scott? So Scott, would this look to be done um, after uh, after the park is done? I would want to do this in conjunction uh, through the chair. I'd want to do this in conjunction with the park construction um, under a change order with the current contractor. So when the fence contractor comes in near the end to do the perimeter fence around the playground, I would want that contractor to go in and do their work along the wall. Um, so it's all contiguous. The same time it would look and it'd be the same fences as proposed around the um, around the playground now. and that uh, is anticipated not to be done till after town meeting well that depends on the funding mechanism if it comes out of uh, available cash reserves then it could be done after town meeting approval if it is if it comes out of the 2023 uh, allocation it would have to wait till july 1st Okay. Uh, the anticipated completion for the park is around 
Memorial Day, um, there's always punch list work to be done thereafter. Um, my preference would be, would be to get it done earlier than later. Okay, just curious. God, I wasn't aware or I'd forgotten what you just said that um, a project approved at town meeting, but not from new revenue, that uh, funding can be made available prior to July 1. You're pretty, that, that's pretty correct. Confident that? Yes, that's correct. After, after, if it comes out of fund reserves and um, some of the projects in the past, Mr. Chairman, where we have had a bit of a tight timeline, we've mobilized design right after town meeting and utilized reserve funds for that. Therefore, construction could occur after July 1st when um, FY23 funds are released from the state. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Thanks for that clarification. Uh, quick, quick question. Um, uh, maybe it's for you or Allie, but um, is there a preference or a priority between the two projects for you, this one over that one or? Um, the dog park is identified in pretty much every planning document that the community has as a priority. Um, you know, this is a fence. Uh, personally, it, it's, it's disappointing to see the community spend $600,000 to rebuild a playground and leave a pretty unattractive fence along the wall. Will it get fixed eventually? Likely. Um, I think the dog park is the top priority amongst the three, the three recreation projects. Um, I, I would really uh, like to have this fence replaced. I, um, the fact that we estimated this in 2019 pre-pandemic and the costs of materials went up so high, we can't do a, a relatively small thing under a project. When this project was awarded for construction, um, you know, we only had $7,000 of contingency funds. That's very low for a 300,000 plus dollar construction project. So um, I, I, I would love to see this fence be replaced just, just to beautify the downtown. But the dog park, I believe is the number one priority as identified by the community. Thank you. You're welcome. Anyone else on the fence? <laughs> that, didn't come, that didn't come out right. <laughs> It came out perfectly. <laughs> I think it did. All right, Freudian slip, I guess. But is, there, is anybody on the fence about the fence? <laughs> or any questions about the fence? Hearing none, uh, we'll digest it and, and move on. Are you going to speak to the dog park anymore as well, Scott? Uh, I, I can, Mr. Chairman. If there are any questions from, uh, from the, uh, the committee, I'd be happy to answer them again. Um, I'll just go very briefly for those in the uh, viewing audience who aren't familiar. Um, Dog Park was identified as a priority in the master plan as well as the open space plan. It has been a priority for the community. Part of locating a dog park, is, part of building a dog park is locating it appropriately. Um, the, the, the application before you is to fund up to five sites uh, for evaluation by a landscape architect and public charrette and vetting, and then advancement of the preferred design, the preferred location through conceptual design and estimating. Thereafter, the expectation is that we would seek grant funding from the Stanton Foundation, who will provide up to $25,000 for design, $225,000 for construction. 
Um, we do have some sites that are identified through uh, uh, Northboro Unleashed as well as through staff. Um, some are municipally owned, such as the Boundary Street property, uh, some water department property on School Street, uh, some private land in and about uh, Northboro. Um, but again, a big piece of the dog park, as we've learned, is making sure you vet the site before you spend uh, hard dollars on design. I think as I recall the previous meeting on January 6th, you kind of made that clear. There was some question of uh, why were we still trying to decide where to put it? Um, and uh, I, I believe you, uh, adequate, you uh, accurately made the point that without a well thought out design plan, uh, you could not fully evaluate any of the sites. And also by doing this, trying to avoid any oversights that might've been done in the past, right? That's correct, Mr. Chairman. Well, well, well stated. Thank you. Any other questions of Scott on this one? This this one doesn't include an actual design plan, though. It's just the land. Correct. Uh, no, no. Through the chair, this 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 includes identifying up to five locations, development of conceptual designs, which is schematic level things. You know. Uh, for graphic purposes for public charrettes at those five locations, up to five. When one is identified, if it's the first one, fantastic. We can get more design dollars uh, uh, spent out of it. Regardless, in the event we went through five sites, the preferred site would then be advanced through conceptual design with land survey, uh, wetland boundaries if that's required and construction cost estimating, all of which is required to go to the Stanton Foundation for a grant. Um, they then fund 25, up to 25,000 for design and 225,000 for, for construction. I've communicated with neighboring communities, including Millbury and Auburn, uh, amongst others, who have gone through the Stanton Grant Foundation for dog park construction, um, and I'm paralleling and mimicking their, uh, their approach. Okay. I guess I thought when it just said pre preliminary design plans, I guess I didn't think that that was a, a okay, I get it. It's, it's essentially up to five conceptuals with yeah. public input and then one preliminary design with some good hard numbers. Okay. Scott, thanks again for being available and uh, clarifying. With no other questions, we'll, we'll move forward uh, going through the rest of the presentations. Um, the next two items regard uh, open space and trails. Um, Brian Belfer was to present. I want to make sure he's here. I just saw his hand. And uh, see if I can do this again properly. It's looks like I've, uh, I've just rejoined as a panelist. You are lucky. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for letting me join. Thank you. I can hear you. I see your name. I have some video too. Awesome. So uh, first, um, project we want to talk about a little more is the ADA Accessible Trail at the Senior Center. Um, 
I know you presented it before for us. So, you know, maybe just a brief, brief summary. Are, are you able to pull up the slide with the trail again, just for any that didn't see it before? Let me give it a, let me give it a shot on my screen sharing. Outstanding. Uh, is that image, is that slide visible? We can see it. All right, so the, the summary um, from what we talked about at the last meeting is we've, uh, we've designed a walking trail around the senior center uh, with the intent and hope to make it a fully ADA accessible trail. Um, a paved ADA trail is something that many, many people in the town have been looking for. Um, it would be a huge asset to the town. I think it falls along with the master plan goals of accessible trails. Uh, the location is prime. It's right at the senior center. It's easily accessible right off the right off the parking lot. Um, and we already have laid in an existing walking. We, we have now laid in a walking trail that exists and the basic path is already already routed. We have a preliminary design estimate from one of the landscape architects. And so this application is uh, for funding to move forward with the next stage of this project. Uh, if, I, if, I, if I may fill in a little bit of the history, Brian, is that okay? Absolutely. All right, all right, all right thank you, uh, uh, Mr. Chairman. So this project has been uh, worked on for well over a year. We uh, applied for a shared Winter Streets grant with MassDOT, which had uh, extensive public outreach during the pandemic. Actually, we had a, um, uh, a charrette um, uh, drive-through during a lunch pickup at the senior center. It got a lot of positive input. Um, unfortunately, we were not awarded uh, funding through that, uh, through that mechanism. We then applied to AARP for funding to uh, design and construct the, the, full, um, the full project that again was not awarded. Uh, the reason we're going before you tonight to see design funding only and not construction is that we still want to see grant funding. Um, there is grant funding available uh, through the park grant program, which is DCR driven. I know there's trails grants that Brian could probably speak to a little more extensively. Um, the goal and objective is to take what we've developed in a conceptual design, what Brian has opened up with a uh, chainsaw and lopper uh, layout, um, and bring that with a land survey and, a, and uh, a full design and construction cost estimate with landscape architects so that we can truly seek some grant funding to construct what's been identified as a, as a need, um, again, both in the open space and uh, master plan uh, uh, recently adopted documents. Excellent. Just to add a little bit of brief commentary, we certainly did do some opening up with, with chainsaws and loppers, but actually the layout of the trail is designed to be the least impactful to the surrounding woods. Obviously, if we have to get equipment in there and, um, you know, make it wider and whatnot, there will be an impact, but the overall layout is designed to minimize that. And I'll be right back in one second. Any uh, questions, input from committee members on this? Um, John, Sean here. Yes, sir. 
Maybe we could uh, save some money on tree removal if you contacted the non-ball golf committee to help out with the layout up there. <laughs> oh, 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 that, that. I had, I had, yeah, to, I yes. had to, we had to chip all that stuff, Sean. Three <laughs> times. Oh with the Sorry, come on. <laughs> Three times. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, oh they've, uh, they've taken advantage <laughs> to try to re-enhance the, the land. Uh, maybe some of that's grown back. That was good. Yeah, I was I was uh, personally sad to see that to see that fail. But this yeah. is Mia. I w I do want to say that the route, if um, through the parking lot over there, that that was tree removal will not be necessary in that area due to that over clearing from that project. So they are reutilizing. And that's uh, Forrest Lightford is a trails committee member who he was sort of walking that area and saw this opportunity from, from that destruction. Oh. Good, good. good. Well, something good came out of it. Uh, any um, more questions for Brian on this project? Here none. Um, we can now hear more about the preliminary design for the pedestrian access on the aqueduct. All right, so I guess we're, we're coming, coming back around to this. So the background, I guess for anyone who was not at the last meeting, uh, we've been, we, the town or other members of the town have been trying to get pedestrian access over the aqueduct bridge since I believe the early nineties. There was a feasibility study done in 1990 a whole bunch of preliminary work long ago. And it's an enormous project that's been kind of bouncing around for multiple decades now. Uh, in the last two years or so, we've made some pretty solid strides towards turning into reality, um, dealing with utilities, dealing with permits, uh, dealing with all kinds of other things. It is rather than floating out there as a maybe, it is now, uh, it's looking like something that's actually viable and possible. Uh, so from the, are the slides visible once again? Yeah. Yeah, I can see, okay. I don't know if you can make it uh, bigger. Do you have a uh, slideshow view? Are you on PowerPoint or are you on I a am, PDF? Um, no, I'm on Google. Let me see if I can. That's fine, not, not a big deal. All right. I but know it's there's a, no... it's a, it, it, What's the date of that photo? Mm. Uh, that photo, I believe it looks like 1899. Wow. So, you know, I had never seen that. That's it. That is a pedestrian walkway right over top of it that was originally part of it. Yeah. So in its history, it, yes, it was passable at one, at one point. Hmm. It's quite a view. And so it would be a very large uh, interconnect point between a lot of uh, existing trails and other trails that want to, that, that we're looking to link the town with. Um, we have a, a preliminary design on this slide from the Aspet River showing the location of the connections. Um, it's consistent with the master plan goals. We've got downtown via Hudson Street, connects right to Memorial Field, uh, Casey Field area. We connect right up to Mount Pisgah and then down towards Crane Swamp and the Marlboro Trails. 
uh, this link, I think, would potentially also integrate with uh, some versions of the Bewalt Trail and the Mass Central Rail Trail project, which both are looking for some connectivity through Northborough. And there's a few other towns that have done uh, similar projects in restoration of, of historically significant bridges or just bridges that are of good pedestrian importance. Um, Halston did one. Uh, and then there's the Wobbin Bridge in Sudbury, um, which is part of an active trail system there now as well. And there's another picture from um, the Bridge of Flowers out in, uh, in Shelburne, Mass. Beautiful. So I guess I could just read right through this. Um, so the 133,000 and change that we're looking for uh, is for the, the full survey, structural design, uh, preliminary construction plans for the trail, the approaches, decking and railing, uh, continuing coordination with utilities on a preliminary, preliminary plan for re relocation of overhead wires. We're actually, we're already working on that. Uh, we've been working with the utilities already. Uh, and then a whole lot of permitting stuff. Um, preparation of application for Mass DOT, Mass Historic Commission application. And then, of course, the question becomes the funding for the rest of the actual project. Brian, um, in the bullet points of just above that, preparation of application for Mass DOT, is, is that a grant application or just to get permission? I am not certain exactly what that bullet is point Mia. is referring to. Thanks. This is Mia. Um, permit permit applications. They'll be needed from Mass Historic, Mass DOT, and MWRA. They'll be two needed for MWRA, revise the existing, and then a second 8M permit for construction. Then uh, can you briefly uh, describe the prospects of the grants that might apply? Should it go forward down below in that slide? Uh, yeah, there's a potential for just reading the points here for a Mass Trails grant, which is an 80% reimbursement. Um, Massachusetts Preservation Project Fund, 50% reimbursement. Um, there are possible park grants, 52 to 70%, and then additional CPC funding. Um, and I would also ask, ask for some assistance on this from either Mia or Bob, since we've sort of been working as a bit of a team on this. So if either of them want to fill in and correct it in my info, I'd appreciate it. I, I could just add a, a brief statement here, uh, Mr. Chairman. One yeah. of the uh, highlights of, of any successful grant application that I've seen at the state level uh, involves connectivity. So, you know, I think we, we check that box with a, a, a huge magic marker um, in this case, just because, you know, we're the whole eastern corridor of Northborough connecting two of the largest uh, trail networks that we have in town, um, including the uh, Burroughs Loop Trail um, will be impacted by this in a very positive way. 
um, and then up through, uh, you know, past Mount Pisgah into Berlin, perhaps all the way to the Wachuta Reservoir. So, you know, I, I think we stand a very high chance um, of getting a successful uh, grant application and reimbursement uh, just solely based on the connectivity. And then there's these other amazing factors such as historical preservation, um, handicap access, things like that, which I think uh, really put us in good standing as far as getting reimbursement and, and matching uh, Mr. Mr. Chairman, to expand a little bit on what uh, what Bob was mentioning, um, one of the components when you when you seek state funding is uh, they, they they certainly look at what potential barriers there that may exist to fund a project. And as we all know, two of the barriers on this are the MW potential barriers are the MWRA and the utilities. So if you can see the funding in advance that, that that's before you today is to work through the MWRA-8M permit amendments and changes, and then to work through the utilities for um, <clears throat> sinking those underground or doing what, what have you uh, to accommodate the, uh, um, the, you know, the overhead trail connection. And that's, if, you, if you're not vetting out um, some of those pitfalls early, the state grant um, uh, awardees certainly are aware that, that these could be pitfalls and, and, and kill a project. So, you know, as, as a project team, you look at what, where are the barriers, how can we identify them and, and, and overcome them early um, so that we're eligible in the future. Just to be clear, and I think you brought this up in the first part of the presentation uh, at the previous meeting, um, this application does not cover cost of Relocating the overhead wires, but only that it'll be part of part of the plan. Uh, correct. That 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 is correct. There, um, as often is the case with some some utilities, when you come with a project like this and you say, "I want to, I want to put these power lines and these communication lines on the ground," um, they'll look at it as a uh, uh, opportunity. Uh, to, to expand their, their, um, the resiliency of their system and having an expert on your side indicating that no, all we want to do is sync it from here to there. You know, my goal is not to get to, to 290 with a, a robust system. That's, that's critical. And um, that's, that's one of the goals here. So when the slide says this cost should not be exceeded, this is the design study based on the uh, proposal you have from from the design firm that's correct and this is actually this is also the design firm that did um, the early uh, analysis on the aqueduct and specifically some of the structural members buried within the aqueduct uh, so you know there's a there's a uh, I don't want to say a cost savings but there's there's a, there's a, a, a logical approach to maintaining you know uh, that continuity in the project. Thank you, uh, members. Any other questions or comments on on any of the other slides, or for uh, Brian, Bob, or Scott? I have a question, Scott. It, it it may be too soon, but on some of those other projects that look really similar to this, you know that if we let's just say we spend one hundred and thirty thousand, are we getting ourselves into a project that ultimately could exceed two million dollars? Or do you have any idea? just roughly, because we can't hold anyone to a number. But if we spent all this money, is there a reasonable assumption 
the next phase can be somewhat known the costs or are we are we just too soon for that uh through the chair with the expenditure that's before you the 133,000 um the outcome of that will be the viability of the project when it comes to cost so $133,000 we determined does the aqueduct superstructure need to be completely rebuilt because it's deteriorated and it's a $10 million project and it's dead yeah. or is it in good shape and the utilities are um, willing to, to team up to, to be buried underground and it's now a, a, a financially viable project for you know, 1.5 or what have you. Um, that's what this is for. To, to this, 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 these, these funds are to decide if this is a financially viable project because of the condition of the aqueduct, yeah. or is it not? I see. And one quick follow-up. I remember anecdotally, if I don't know, it obviously was before you worked here, but I thought MWRA had relined the the whole aqueduct as a as a fail-safe system for when they did the new work. So would there be any information from MWRA as to the structural viability of that aqueduct? It didn't seem like it was that long ago they relined that structure. Uh, yeah, through the chair, one of the one of the one of the pieces will be a, a record review at the MWRA. But um, I've I've worked on aqueducts in my in my past uh, career. Yeah. I, I did the Haltman Aqueduct rehab um, in the Metro West Water Supply Tunnel, and when my client at that time, the MWRA decided to rehabilitate the Haltman Aqueduct. They didn't care what was on top of it. It wasn't about supporting things on top. It was about conveying an emergency water supply through yep. it. Um, so my expectation, if they did a relining, and I don't know that if they did, Sean, uh, yep. is that they focused on conveying drinking water through it and not any loads on top of it. I see. Um, this is Mia. They. <laughs> I mean, I just say they, they did reline it, but the bridge itself is completely obsolete. It's not even secondary anymore. Um, so the there's a siphon that is the secondary now. And so, you know, even though it was relined, the bridge itself wasn't relined. But the MWRA did fund that previous structure analysis that was done by, oh gosh, the name of the firm. It's in the application. The, the, Scott, what's the name of the firm? Dantec. Stantec. So MWRA is the one that paid Stantec to do this structural analysis and then provided us with that for free. And just, just to point out everything from Stantec's old structural analysis, it was all positive. There was nothing at all in, the, in that report to indicate that the bridge would be unsuitable for pedestrian access. And that we, should have, we should be able to share a copy of that report. I don't have one with me, but I know we have a printed version that we could certainly share. Yeah, I, uh, uh, Brian, yeah, through the chair, I, I reviewed the report. Um, there were indications of, of questionable connections, but there was no uh, identification of deterioration. It was a non-destructive uh, evaluation, which means you go in, you look at it, maybe you have to dig a hole and take a look at the other side, but there was no immediate uh, indication of concern relevant to the uh, superstructure of the aqueduct. You're right, Brian. Andy Clark, did you have a question? Yeah, I just, I was wondering if there was any penalty to this project 
if it was postponed a year or um or is it is there just a is it just because we've got traction on there's traction going right now and therefore it makes it um makes it more desirable or is it uh or if it got bumped a year because of budgets and things like that whether this would lose any sort any sort of uh, momentum or or prior you know any kind of benefit is there any is there any negative uh, connotation or, 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 or problems with uh, postponing this project? The only, uh, Brian, do you want to respond or would you like me to? Well, no, go ahead. Uh, uh, the only continuity um, that would be jeopardized is with utilities. Um, there's been ongoing conversations with the utilities. Um, I, 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 the, the documentation that Stantec has developed through their reviews and evaluations of the aqueduct previously for the MWRA. Uh, that's not change, That's not changing. This structure has been here for hundred plus. And um, I, I, you know, Brian, I don't know if there's anything on, on your side relevant to other projects. Uh, no, I mean, I think, I think your details pretty much covered it. Um, there are, there's a whole lot of potential for infrastructure dollars floating around out there right now um, in all number of different programs, um, dollars that were not around in previous years. So it's possible pushing it. Um, it will lose some momentum in that if we don't, if we're not able to grab onto some available funding that's floating around, it could potentially change the viability of the project. I don't have specifics on that. That's just sort of a, I keep keep hearing and seeing how much infrastructure and grant money is soon to be available. Good and point, this is this is Mia. Brian, could you go back to that timeline, the orange slide, um, just to highlight that the Trails Committee has been working on this ADEM permit since 2000, 2011, and then in two thousand twelve they applied. Uh, the aqueduct used to be the entire aqueduct trail used to be closed. People walked on it, but it was officially gated and closed. And the trails committee has been working on this slowly. They got that phase one open and that's all they got for, I mean, how many years, seven, five years, five years. It took, it took a long time for the, for them to get phase two open, which was the Northern portion. And now this is their phase three. So currently uh, when you get to the aqueduct bridge, you're outed onto Allen Street and you walk Allen Street, then you walk across Hudson Street and up Rice Ave with no part, with no um, sidewalks there. So, you know, this has been a long time goal of the, of the trails committee and they're the ones really moving this momentum. And I know they'd really like to see it to keep going. That's a very cool picture. <laughs> I, uh, Look at how clean it is, like on oh, both sides. You it's know. beautiful. Norm it's Corbin there. sent that to show that, see the stairs? Can you see the stairs there to the left? That this was a pedestrian bridge. This was built for people to walk over and enjoy. Pretty so cool. I, I have a couple questions. How long is the design expected to take? That plan? Uh, through the chair, Millie, there's, there's quite a, uh, a bit of communication associated with uh, an amended uh, ADA permit, uh, rights of access in the, in the event there needs to be some inspections. Uh, I would think that you know, the services, uh, engineering services associated with this application would be in the 12 to 18 month range. Okay. 
Oh, and the other thing that I wanted to really ask about, because I think it was something that um, Bob Mihalik that you brought up, that there's handicap accessibility to this. I, I actually saw that in their, their memo, they, they don't address that specifically. Is that, did I misunderstand something? Well, that's, that's uh, Millie, that's my interpretation of, you know, the topography of the aqueduct is it's a very gentle grade. Um, I think during the construction process, they were targeting a one foot uh, elevation change per mile. So that's a, you know, extremely gentle grade. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I, now, Please don't misunderstand me. I don't think we can get the entire stretch of the aqueduct from Marlboro to Berlin to be ADA uh, compliant, but I think substantial stretches of it could be. Mm -hmm. um, and at a minimum, uh, just the 425 foot long surface um, of the, the Stone Arch Bridge um, could be ADA compliant and, and accessible because we could have ramps put on either end of it. Um, so that part now, you know, once you get up into Rice Ave and over Barefoot Road and up towards Mount Pisgah, some of those areas, there might be sections that just could not be made compliant grade-wise. Um, but certainly I think substantial segments um, of the aqueduct corridor could eventually fall into that category. So would the uh, would Stantec be looking to to incorporate that into their plan or to their design because it does it like I said it just pulls that out and says it does not address that. I would I would prefer that they investigate that as far as gaining access to the surface of the aqueduct. Um, mm -hmm. Right now, there's a small staircase on either end. Probably right. not visible in this view. It's maybe five or six steps. Yeah, I don't see any reason why uh, uh, an ADA compliant ramp um, could not be part of the design process. Um, and that, you know, ultimately, I think we could we could bring that up with them uh, sure. during this review process. Yeah, I think that might be worthwhile to see if there's any any changes in their in their plan on that. Yeah. Good point, Nelly. Uh, excellent follow-up proposal. Um, slides are very helpful. Uh, any other committee members with comments on this project? Actually, I just had one question. Um, was there consideration of cleaning, like uh, cleaning the actual structure? I know that's past the planning phase, but I'm just curious. I don't know how you do it from that distance, but. The outside uh, surfaces, through, you mean, Leslie? Yeah, that's pretty. Uh, through the chair, um, Leslie, the, the aqueduct looks beautiful in the photograph I see. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Still has the new car smell on it, right there, the yeah. new aqueduct smell. Kind of. <laughs> to, 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 to echo a little bit on Brian with Millie's ADA question, um, <clears throat> aqueduct. Uh, 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 portals uh, for ADA accessibility will be one of the considerations by Stantec. Um, beyond their scope is connectivity from there to um, an accessible location. My my thoughts are the uh, East uh, Main Street side is probably the most 
accessible direction. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not, it doesn't have parking. So the Pisca side may be the more logical with parking, but that would be a next next phase um, to, to make sure the connectivity is adequate. And I, I, I agree, Millie, that, that nothing would be better than to have, you know, a family with a baby carriage to get out here mm-hmm. on top of the aqueduct and look over the S of it. That, that would be wonderful. Yeah. Well, thanks, uh, Bob, Brian, and Scott for the follow-up. Good extra points to hear on. Thank you. Uh, pretty, thank you. Pretty involved project. Uh, we're going to keep moving so we can get through these additional presentations. The the next application in the agenda is the conservation fund request from the open space committee for four hundred thousand dollars to be moved into the reserves. I'm sorry, the uh, to the conservation fund. Um, I will speak to that as the uh, open space member on this committee, pretty much just echoing what I said at the first January 6th meeting. The, the goal of the, of the Open Space Committee has always been to uh, grow and maintain the conservation fund close to a level of a million dollars to be in position to act on a major acquisition that may come up. It is fair to state that, uh, as we mentioned in the early part of the meeting tonight, that the conservation fund does currently hold $760,000. The Open Space Committee does not have an urgent project per se. There are uh, possible uh, landowners in the north of town that may look to conserve their land again. Um, But there is... uh, you know, it's fair to say there's no urgent project that we're looking to fund from this CPA cycle. Um, and that, that is really it. I think that the Open Space Committee will probably always come and ask for consideration to the Conservation Fund. If there's any questions of me on the application, fire them, otherwise we'll keep moving. Hearing none, um, it is 8.40 and we're going to move on to the affordable housing project, the senior affordable housing project. Um, I suspect there are some that want to talk about it and I'll see when they come in. Stand by. I see Lynn, uh, I see Rick. Can you guys see and hear us? Yes. Hello, Lynn. Hi, how you doing? Great. Am I unmuted now? You are unmuted. Okay. You're beautiful as well. (laughs) Um, I can start my video. Thanks for uh, coming back in. I will say your presentation was extremely thorough before. Uh, the project is big, but um, a lot of benefit to it. And the most important thing is I heard you're bringing more money. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I am. 
if you'd like, I could spend a couple of minutes on that before we start on the project itself again. So I understand that you did, John, distribute to the committee uh, an email that I sent to you in terms of work I've been doing with the town administrator to see if there was any way to provide any additional funding from the town to the project. And based on a conversation we had yesterday, um, John could, uh, did confirm that he has planned $100,000 out of a combination of ARPA money and free cash he has available that he's going to go before finance and appropriations to spend in fiscal 23, that of that total, he set aside $100,000 to go towards the housing authority project. Um, he presented a quite comprehensive list to the board of selectmen on Monday night to outline how he would spend the combination of available free cash and ARPA money. And once again, in that presentation he made to the selectmen, he had a line item for $100,000, which he called affordable housing. And then uh, he and I had a phone conversation yesterday and he confirmed for me that $100,000 is to be directed towards um, the housing authority project that the CPC has before it tonight. So with that money, we can adjust down the amount of funding required for the project from the approximately $816,000, which currently exists. If I take two steps back, the original application asked for $836,000 of new funding after all other funding was applied. And then we reduced that by 20,000 when it turned out that the uh, Habitat for Humanity project at 24 Hitching Post Lane was gonna come in $20,000 under budget. And that was being funded by a combination of housing corporation and CPC funds. So we were able to take that 20,000 and bring the 836,000 number down to 816,000. And now with the money that the uh, town administrator has committed to the project, once again, pending appropriations and financial committee review and concurrence. Um, if you take that 100,000, it now reduces the amount of new funding required to a little bit more than 716,000. So that's the number that the committee should be now considering. Um, just one other thing I wanna bring up in watching your presentation, John, I think there's some double counting going on in terms of reserve funds. The number you mentioned at the top tonight of uh, $784,334 in reserves being available, if you went across the top line, that number included, um, it included, um, let me get my numbers straight here now, I'm just trying to do the math after your presentation. It included $127,863 of affordable housing funds in reserve. Yes. And if you look at our application, the housing authority submitted, when you total up the $603,178.28 that we say is available in reserves, that 127,000 um, number is included. We took the 62,663 of 10% from town meeting in 2020 and the 65,200 from town meeting 21, included that in the total that made the 603,000. If you take those two last 10% and add them together, that's exactly the 127,863 that appeared in your top line of that 
a reserve calculation. So yeah, we can't have it in both places. It can't be in the reserve and also be considered in the application. It's, um, I think you're uh, simply misconstruing the, the wording. Uh, Jason Little's presentation was to show the CPC what the total of reserve accounts was, not the unreserved account, but the combination of anything in affordable housing reserve, open space reserve, historical reserve, and the unreserved account. And um, in my spreadsheet, I, I think it works correctly. We've got the 127 in affordable housing reserve um, with its own column. So uh, a project that we might approve in affordable housing would almost certainly draw from that and then the remainder from other sources. So I don't think we're double counting, if you will. I'm just concerned about the 1.5 million in total you think you have to work with counts and that our application assumes 127,000, something of that would not be needed in new funding because it's already rolled into the 603,000 of overall affordable housing reserves. So I just wanna be sure everybody's clear yeah, I'm not following that number your, shows your, up your, your in two problem. different I, places. I, I was, I think the application was clear and I think we went over it. It's the, the 603 is the, combina is the combination of uh, NAHC uh, previously granted awards that have not yet been spent and unspent from previous projects, the combination of the additional 20 from Hitching Post Lane and the affordable housing reserves from the last two town meetings. So I, yeah. I, I don't think there's any misconception. Okay. And the, and the total math, um, you know, bringing you down to the, uh, the 816 requirement and then great news that we, we have the potential to lower the CPA requirement by even another 100,000. Mm -hmm. Okay. As long as we're all clear on that, I just want to make sure. No, no, I, I believe so. Okay. Um, just real quick, I want to keep it brief because I know that you did a really good job before, but uh, to clarify um, the state contribution available, which is a, a substantial uh, driver to this project, um, these, the state will begin considering an application for that if they get uh, CPC approval, or is it wait till town meeting? I wanted to clarify that for the record. I'll, I'll let Lynn speak to that. My understanding is that we can submit the application specifying that the town was going to bring this funding. Town supports the project, would bring the funding forward to town meeting, but the town meeting hadn't occurred yet. Is, is that my assumption correct, Lynn? Yes, it is. So okay. I think... You know, the I did check the state still does have funds available. Um, they're on a rolling basis. And they did say, yes, that we could submit the application um, with if we have some sort of a letter or something saying that the town is in support of it. Um, and then we could get it. We could get it going. And if it gets approved, then we could get the money from there. Great. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, I also just wanted to say that I, I had mentioned we had a, um, a parking study going to, and I actually did just get the results of the parking. We can definitely um, accommodate. <clears throat> they can give, we can put in uh, another nine spaces without 
uh, having to, we weren't sure if we were going to have to um, remove our turnaround area or the island area. And by just making some changes to the back part of our parking lot, we can add um, two more ADA spaces, which will give us a total of six plus seven additional spaces. So a total of nine spaces, which should be plenty to accommodate the eight additional units. Wonderful. Um, committee members, any questions for the applicants on this? Wow, I guess you nailed it already then. <laughs> Okay, um, I you know um, just clarifying. I, I the extra one hundred thousand is going to help. Um, a, a, uh, your email describes the commitment from John Kadir, so we're going to take it as gospel. But it, there is a proviso that appropriations and uh, finance committees uh, would bless it as well. Uh, we would have an expectation they would be in support of it, but we probably just need to. Be conservative in in our assessment of that, but that's good news. Just the only thing I would ask, John, um, in discussions that I had with the town accountant to understand the reserves and where things were coming from and what we could use to offset the cost of the project, we had also talked about the difference between what's involved in the budgeted amount the CPC has to work with and actual receipts and some differences and possibilities of the reserve being increased because of that next year. Is that anything else that is worth discussing tonight or not? Rick, I apologize. I uh, didn't hear the whole sentence. Um, when I was working with the town accountant to understand what was available in affordable housing reserves so we could come up with this $603,000 number to offset the cost of the project, we also talked about um, what's actually available in terms of community preservation money compared to what the committee was given as a target number to allocate oh. for fiscal year 23. Yes, there were some differences in the possibility of the reserve being increased fairly substantially next year that may play into decision-making for this project. Yeah, that's a fair point. I, I apologize, I blanked out there for a minute, but um, what you were referring to, and I've, uh, asked Jason this as well when he's presented to us um, and the, the year to year carryover is, is still sometimes confusing, but um, as town accountant, and we spoke about this at the beginning of the meeting, um, he sets a conservative target for the revenue and state match. And he believes the, the state DOR backs him on that policy procedure, if you will, so that, um, we can go forward with confidence to town meeting, but inevitably the uh, town's CPA revenue has always exceeded the conservative estimate. You can see that if you study the that uh, slide from from Jason, um, and so that goes into our unreserved account, uh, and that's added uh, from my rough math two to three hundred thousand every year, and, and we always seem to come back with more un, uh, more reserve, so to speak, in the unreserved account, which is good. Further to that, there was the extra state um, reimbursement 
the increased percentage that uh, we didn't include in our conservative budget, the, the 29 or 30,000. Um, so, you know, it, it's a fair point uh, when we look at what we might spend and what, what might be left in reserves, uh, we undoubtedly will find at the start of next year's deliberations that our unreserved account will be higher than we see. And that, you know, we always wanna have some reserve in there. And so I think that's where you were heading with that, Rick. Yeah, so I just want to make sure that there's, and from my understanding, yeah. especially this year, because the uh, the CPA, con the state contribution in the budget that you're working with was based on a 25% estimate that the state told Jason yeah. to use. Right. The actual match was closer to 44%. So there's significant additional money that'll be added to the, the reserve for next year because of that. Yeah, and there's a good chance that the state reimbursement remains high. Um, However, they've done it um, through the ad advocacy of the coalition and others. Um, they've gotten the state to um, up the ante in what goes into the overall fund and what's available to towns. So that's really been a benefit the last few years. Um, I must say, I, I didn't expect they to get that done as well as, as they have. So it's a boon to Northboro and other towns. Uh, thank you. Also, again. a feather in the cap of the Community Preservation Coalition back in Boston, the work they've done oh, yeah. uh, with the state legislature and the governor's office to make all that happen. They deserve a lot of credit for making all that happen. Yeah, they're very, uh, they, they persevere. Agreed. Um, so, thanks for clarifying your presentation and the, the dollars. Um, and uh, we're going we're gonna to take it into serious deliberation. Uh, feel free to hang around as we continue the meeting. Thank you very much. You're welcome. So members, um, it's 8.55. Um, I, guess I, I guess I need feedback and consensus. Uh, we can dive into the budget. We can start making um, some determinations get a sense of where we stand. We can dive into motions for, for approvals. Um, I suspect it would bring us, you know, at least to 9.30. Are you game for that? Or should we uh, wait till our next scheduled meeting tentatively next week, but may have to be moved based on town availability. Um, can you give me your feedback, anybody? We have feeling is if we could. Oh, God. I was just wondering if we have a meeting next week, could it be in person or do, are we still under uh, Zoom guidelines? Uh, we, we are, each committee is able to decide to meet in person. Um, and I am open to that personally, but also respectful of, of individuals' wishes. Yeah. I, I don't think we should be meeting in person at this point. And honestly, I think it's just as effective doing all the screen shares and everything. I think it's actually more effective and it's more open to the community to do it this way. So that's my feeling is to keep doing it this way. It's mm. a fair, fair point. And John, just to clarify the, um, the modified um, COVID policy, we did take a step back when the, uh, the numbers rose so dramatically. So we are currently requiring all boards and committees to meet remotely. Thank you, Andy. That clears it up completely. <laughs> So, so Sean, much more compelling than my argument. Really yeah, you are, uh, <laughs> unfortunately, Sean, you're stuck trying to log in again. You know, it'd take us another half an hour to get on, but boy, yeah. you look really good, though. Yeah. 
You're well, a pro now, Sean. Good. It might take another phone call to you, John, and get your help again. But yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll be over the top. Uh, There's always a Zoom hassle. It's not just you. Zoom hassle. All right. So back to the the original question. Uh, You want to dive in and see how much we can get done in in like a half an hour? Yes or no? My question is, how many more meetings are we going to need? Is if we stay tonight, will that reduce the number of additional meetings we need, or will we end up with the same number of additional meetings either way? If we uh, reasonably make our determinations on every application, um, we would we we would not necessarily be required to meet again before town meeting. We could, like we've done in the past, uh, leave it open ended. We can leave the open hearing open. Uh, you know, in one in one case, we close the open hearing in a five minute meeting before town meeting. So you know, we just left ourselves the wiggle room to to reopen it without going through the procedure. That's certainly easy to do, um, you know. And then, if a if a project has new information or changes, and we have to get back together, then we would call a meeting. So that was a roundabout answer. John, I'm just wondering if uh, you know if we push through tonight, if that really gives us enough time to uh, to get something accomplished. So we'd be better off to just schedule a meeting next week um, and, and get it all done in one night where we've had two great meetings with presentations, lots of great information to digest. Uh, that's just my thought. I mean, I don't mind staying tonight as late as possible, but I know people have limits on their Zoom Zoom time. I can't disagree with you, Andy. I'm, I'm always respectful of that. And uh, sometimes we get into marathon sessions. So I'd like to get you know a general consensus where, where people feel. I probably would, uh, if we agree that we'll meet again and figure out how to do that. There's a there's a, a bit of a challenge with getting hosts for these Zooms. The town staff is more limited, uh, um, but we'll figure it out. Uh, we, we had tentatively put down next Thursday, but I was asked to bring up that we currently don't have a Zoom host and we'd have to work through how we're going to do that, which we may figure out. Um, so I keep that open and, and if not, We'll just have to uh, communicate over the next couple of business days about another date. And I'm, I'm open to that. I mean, to give it time to really get into it, it's going to go a while. But uh, if we if the consensus is to do that, we'll take a few minutes and give an overview of the budget and also uh, consider the minutes for uh, for a vote and things like that. Any other person's opinions? I, I think I agree with Andy that that maybe diving into it in more detail and depth another time might might be more effective. It's a pretty big slate, right? Yep. Yeah. That's where I was headed with my question too. I, I agree. John, I'll just add that um, I can potentially host um, myself, so that may be an option um, next week. I don't Great. think there's any conflict in me hosting and being a member okay. without okay. counseling. Um, all right, so I'm hearing general consensus that we should plan to meet again, gives ourselves a little more time with clear heads, but let's take um, just one minute. I want to uh, go back and share my screen. And, and Take a look at our, our budget real quick. Um, can everybody everybody see that? I think you might have a paper copy or your own copy. But 
and I thought I would offer to do a couple things. Yeah. First of all, first of all, um, we know that we need to pay the White Cliffs bond, and um, we have paid that out of new revenue, uh, customarily, and I would I would see that we probably would do that again. And if I put that in here. Um, you, we immediately see the effect on. Uh, Very fancy uh, this year. I like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's all uh, all live and in color. Um, <laughs> it brings our uh, remaining new revenue to five sixty four. Um, if we were to approve the administrative fund at five percent, which we have done almost every year. What's the it minimum brings, of that? What's the minimum required for that? Isn't that it? The minimum is zero. The maximum is 5%. Oh, okay. Okay. That was, I thought there was a minimum. Okay. Thanks. I don't, I don't think we necessarily have to do it, but we, we've always done it. It gives us a cushion and it always goes back into the, into the reserve, but uh, we certainly can modify it. It's, you know, it's a bigger number than usual. Um, so that's, that's up for debate, but I just wanted to, I'm not saying we're doing these things. This is a hypothetical. Okay. And uh, I just wanted to give everybody a, a sense of that and open the floor quickly. Any questions, comments, uh, observations on the task ahead of us? I just think we're gonna find one of those uh, big projects is going to have uh it's going to have difficult we're going to have difficulty with both mm -hmm. and i hate to always hate to cut into the open space aspect but we do have our, our goal has been about a million if we cut our 400 onto 200 we would that would put us at our isn't that typically what we've Strive for has been about a million in there. It's correct. It's our stated goal. Um, so that would be, you know, a thought is to recoup two hundred from that. Yeah, good. We've done years where we've done. We've, we've, I'm sorry. What? I I think that's we're headed in that direction. Um, the um, in the in the open space and trails area, arenas, if you will, in terms of priority which we talked about at the open space committee meeting and it was reinforced at the trails committee meeting. Um, the, the top priority was the senior ADA trail um, mm -hmm. because it is so, you can almost see it. Uh, the trail already exists and, and the, you know, it's, uh, you know, has a lot of benefit, seems affordable to do. Uh, and that, Second priority right behind it is the aqueduct program for all the reasons that Brian and Bob brought forth about the potential to keep the momentum going and the potential infrastructure dollars, which I thought was a good point. So the, we, we had agreed the conservation fund additional monies was third priority for any, for any money at all. So that amount can be amended if needed 
or if if determined yeah i mean it's customarily we've looked at this request from open space like i say we we bring it forward almost every year uh where in the early years for instance with the green street land we knew the land was there we went to town meeting the landowner was willing to wait yeah uh, we combined cpa money with what was left in conservation at the time but everything since then we went with this uh, this plan of uh, asking the town, could we put it in the conservation fund, which gave us more flexibility. And it certainly has resulted in a number of very useful land parcels that the town either owns or is conserved uh, in perpetuity. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think it's been a successful uh, plan. And uh, as I say, we have a, there's a pretty sizable balance there. It, it certainly, uh, covers any short-term needs that the open space <clears throat> committee saw. We just always don't want to lose sight of open space um, as a priority. It was one of the major reasons the town voted for CPA at back at the time. And, you know, so we want to continue to put that forth. But ha having said that, um, it, it was the third priority, mm -hmm. you know, to, uh, to Leslie's point, if you cut it in half, we, we get the total funds request down near the, the amount that we have. Uh, I'm gonna do something fancy. So you don't have to resubmit uh, a bid for that or an application. It's something we no, can- I mean, the committee would, would say, uh, that the CPC would, would, could tell open space, you gotta resubmit an application, but we've not ever done that. We've just modified what the award might be you know, okay. be, it, be it a lower amount or something less. Okay. Yeah, it was just a dollar. No, no bids required, you know, nothing that needs to. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's redone. Okay. That's what it's I was done. It, it, it's been done between us as CPC members. And, and there's a couple of times when we did that. Just us putting it, our tin well. cup out. So. Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and there's times we, you know, there's times we passed over it, recognizing right. the urgency and priority of other projects, which this might be one of those cases. John, am I still connected? This is Rick Leaf. You are. So should that net for affordable housing number go down to 716 from 816? God, you are so quick, Rick. I was just inserting a line and saying additional town contribution. Oops. Whoa. Sorry. Zero key wasn't working well. That's a decimal point. Rats. Uh, <laughs> and I gotta spent. <laughs> I gotta I gotta modify this cell. Uh, oh I know I did it wrong. Stand by. Okay. God, it should have been quicker at this. Sorry to uh, better than I am. Screw everybody up. There we go. I got it to work. So that being said, we count the hundred thousand. Uh, we're down to uh, one million seven total requests. Um, you know. One possibility, you know, let's say that we agree this wasn't as urgent this year. You're down to one million three, you know, 
Uh, what if that was, you know, only 100,000, you know, we're, we're at a million four um, and we, we have uh, potentially 1,534,000 to debate with. One question I guess I would ask Rick, you know, we've done this with all big ticket projects is, is there a way to span it across a couple of years? You know, Leslie, that came up at the last meeting. The, the thing that's forcing us to do this in one lump sum is we to, the $800,000 from the state, from DHCD, is basically a temporary program. Uh, they very seldom have provided any incentives for this kind of development before. We were made aware of this program earlier in uh, 2021. We spent the time to figure it out. We were told that this money... You know, there's no there's no guarantee how long it's going to last. It's dependent on how many other housing authorities are making application and when the state wants to end the program. So our feeling is if we don't get this application into the state soon, either someone else is going to grab the money or they're going to end the program. And the state won't consider the funding for the program until the town or the housing authority can demonstrate they have the commitment, all the funds to make it work. So really, we need to make this decision really even before town meeting so that Lynn can get her application in to show that between all the different commitments that we have, in total, we have the $2.4 million to do the project. So it's an all or none. If we said, okay, we can do 516000 it wouldn't be. Would that no, be Lynn's application to the state has to show she, one way or another, has okay. found $2.4 million in funding. If okay. you can't show that, they won't consider the application. All right, thank you. Okay, so this exercise was to kind of show an overview and also uh, to insert that additional town contribution to be considered. Um, just to put this back to its original state, I'll do that. And um, since we've agreed to another meeting, um, at this point, I will ask uh, that we just uh, conclude the business of meet, uh, minutes from uh, both December 2nd and January 6th and get that out of the way. Um, you know, I studied these things long and hard. I know that you all have too. So does anyone have any questions or edits of the December 2nd minutes or otherwise a motion to approve? So moved. I just have second. John, I just have one minor, uh, minor edit on, on attendance. I believe um, it lists Jeff Leland as being absent. I believe he was there. Thank you for pointing that out. Uh, are we talking... Um, Andy, the January 6th minutes or the December 2nd minutes? December 2nd. Nick, he's actually shown, shown twice. Uh, his name's in the members and it's in also in absence. So it's just a okay, kind of maybe that's, maybe that's the error. I remember seeing that error. So I didn't look as close. I'm not sure where I am. Du duly noted. <laughs> you might have come in just after. I'm not sure. Any other edits on the December 2nd minutes before we entertain a motion again? Hearing none, is there a motion to approve? So moved. Second. 
Leslie's motion and uh, the second was Todd. from who seconded? I'm sorry. Todd. That was Todd. Todd, you're there. Nice to hear from you. Okay. Um, any other questions? Hearing none, I'll take a roll call to approve the December 2nd minutes. And please say yay or nay when you hear your name. Andy Dowd? Yes. Andy Clark? Yay. Leslie Harrison? Yay. Jeff Leland? Yay. Todd Helwig? Yep. Millie Milton? Yay. Sean Durkin? Yay. John Campbell? So approved. Uh, next to January 6th minutes. Any comments, edits? Uh, I make a motion to, to approve the January 6th meetings as presented. Second. Andy and Leslie, thank you. Uh, just one comment, Jeff. Were you actually absent January sixth? Then I was. I was absent. I apologize okay. for that. That's all right. You're excused. No public okay. shaming here. Nice to know. Nice to know where you are this time. Yeah. Uh, any questions then, or further comment? Hearing none. Mm -hmm. uh, roll call vote to approve the January six minutes of the CPC. Andy Dowd. Yes. Andy Clark. Yes. Leslie. Yes. Jeff. Yes. Todd. Yep. Millie. Yes. Sean. Yay. And John. Yay. Minutes approved. Um, hey, John, so on your gonna... spreadsheet, you'd ask if that park is misspelled. Sorry. Damn it. It would not be a complete meeting, Leslie, without. <laughs> your finding and edit. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Let me, uh, let me made stop my sharing. I, I thought that had come down. And we all have our, our roles and our strengths and that is definitely yours. I had one question regarding the, the housing project. Is, a, is having a meeting in another week going to uh, mess up Lynn's application if we're pretty committed to funding that whole thing? I didn't get that sense. I don't I mean, believe we need that. to. I don't believe that would be an issue. It's not that yeah. time sensitive. Thank you. We traditionally are asked to get our uh, votes done by early February for the purpose of finalizing the warrant. So next week certainly takes care of that. The week following could also potentially work. We had preliminarily set next Thursday the Third, is that right? Um, next Thursday, February 3rd, would that work? And, and Andy, to confirm you'd be a backup as the host if necessary? Well, unfortunately I have to go back on my word because I just realized I have a conflict that night. So okay. that, that could be a problem if you need me to host, especially. Understood. Um, and what does it take to host? Is it complicated to learn? I mean, I can try to. Do you have, yeah. Andy, do you have a conflict to host or a conflict to attend? Um, 
pretty much both. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so a different date would be better. Yes. What is the following? What's the following Friday. Thursday the tenth look like? That works for me. Very, can I get everybody else? Uh, works for me. Yep, I'm fine with that. Yep. Yep. I think I'm pretty good. Todd, you too. Yes. Um, I think it's okay for me too. Okay, can we agree then we'll try for uh, February 10? Yes. Same time, same channel? Yep. And any new information, uh, questions, comments, uh, please do not uh, copy all and, and send an email if there is a discussion point. Uh, rather, um, Let's direct it back to the town staff uh, through uh, Michelle Silly, I would say, who is our de facto contact person. Uh, any other input from anyone? Hearing none, I'll entertain a motion to adjourn. Second. So moved. <laughs> thank you and thank you. Quick roll call to adjourn. Andy Dowd? Yes. Andy Clark? Yes. Leslie? Absolutely. Jeff? Yes. Todd? Yes. Millie? Yes. Sean Durkin? Yes. <laughs> and me? Yeah. Mm. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for your patience. Good, Thanks. good meeting. Um, see you next time. <laughs>